Broadcasting from the live network studios in West the Quizzo Trivia Podcast with your hosts Nick and Drew. To participate, tweet us at Quizzo Podcast or send us an email at info at quizzopodcast.com. That's Q-U-I-Z-Z-O. Now, let's get to the show. The number one song in 1975. This week. For the seventy fifth podcast, for the seventy fifth podcast, you are reaching, man. <laughs> Sitting here like, what does this have to do with seventy five? <laughs> I was like, give me the best song from nineteen seventy five, and I looked. Now at- you know it, folks. But it I'll was- tell you what: if you gave me a thousand guesses on what the most popular song from nineteen seventy five was, I wouldn't have guessed Ryan Stone. I-, I don't think it was the most popular. It was the most popular this week, the week we're recording uh, this podcast. Gotcha. I have a whole bunch of different. Options. What genre is this? Do you consider this? Is this like easy light rock? Is that what that is? Yeah, I, I mean, it's got it's a not song. country, it's, right? It, it's it is kind of country because it's Glenn Campbell. He's clearly country, right? So, but it's that but country like, crossover, right? Like and I, but I feel like in 1975, was country was even crossing over in 1975? Yeah, that was a pretty popular one. Yeah, it, probably the most. Yeah, I, I would definitely say. Up, so, what up is there. the most popular? Country song from the seventies? Would you say Rhinestone Cowboy, or would you go with something like Johnny Cash, Ring of Fire? That's probably the most requested. The most mainstream for sure. I, I think that makes that makes sense. Um, Which is surprising to me because of all of Johnny Cash's songs, Ring of Fire is not among my favorites. My favorite story about that song is that he turned down the use of it for a hemorrhoids commercial. That, that there's, that's, there's nothing funnier. That's somebody, a man with integrity. Right. Somebody <laughs> sat there and said, we are going to make somebody, a mockery of, song of your song. In a way that will, the whole world will never Always associate it with, with hem- sitting on the toilet. <laughs> and he's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm not selling out for that. Um, number all right. So you had all right. Here are the the list of songs that were number one in 1975. You tell me which one you like the most. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, which was a cover the version. The Elton John by, version. Yes, the Elton John. Version. I saw Elton John play that. Uh, I think it was the day after Jerry died. Oh, okay. So there you go. Uh, Mandy. By uh, the reason I mentioned, it, he dedicated it to, to Jerry, Jerry. Okay. and I was with as him. opposed you, you to the Cranberries lead remember, singer who talked about somebody that sounded like Jerry, who's like meant everything to music in her career, and then it was like my grandfather Seamus, and everybody's. It was the day Jerry died, and I saw them <laughs> in concert, and everybody's like, "What your grandfather? Seamus. Your grandfather Seamus? What are you All talking the about?" All the build up. Uh, yeah, it sounded. She's like. He was such a dear old man who had a love for music that just just spanned the generation, and, and like. I'm like, oh, this is incredible. She's talking about Jerry, my grandfather, Seamus. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's not talking about Jerry. Oops. Yeah, I was with uh, Laura, and she's like, sure, sure. I don't get why he played a Beatles song to pay honor to Jerry. I was like, oh, Jerry loved that song and played it. Uh, you know? Right, and because Elton John plays that, and he doesn't play Dead song, <laughs> so he's not busting Terrapin Station out yeah. on short notice. But, I mean, it was one of the great encores that Dead sure. did, when you got Lucy in the yeah, Sky with Diamonds course. in an encore. Of I mean, course. You know, so uh, it was, it's like Quinn the Eskimo. I certainly never saw the Beatles play it. Right, well. And if you had to ask me to put it. on a version, the Beatles version or the Grateful Dead live version, I'm putting on the Dead live version no of Lucy in the Sky. Ever. When I hear that song, that's the version I hear in my head. Uh, no question. All right, so you got Mandy. 
You got Please Mr. Postman, oh, which is also a remake that the Carpenters all right, did. All right, all right. 1975, right? I'm yep. going to pull this out here. I'm going to pull this out. Best song in ni- uh, 1975. Um, is it Nick Gilder or Nick... Uh, what, what is that guy's name? Um, Hot Child in the City. Is that, 1970, is that 1975? Hot Child in the City. No, I didn't see that on the list. There's some vintage Look ones. Look it up. There's some huge hits. I was going down this list because there's not that okay. many of them. All right, because Mandy stinks. Mandy stinks. But this is weekly, right? So it's like July 18th, Mandy was the number one song. And then July 24th, it was this. So we're getting Oh, no, to... Hot Child in the City, 1978. Okay, day. so there you go. Uh, Laughter in the Rain. You know that song? <laughs> Neil Sedaka. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, awful. Uh, Fire by the Ohio, Ohio Players. Linda Ronstadt's You're No Good, which is a good song. One of my favorites from this year, Average White Band, Pick Up the Pieces. Yeah, that's a good wedding song, right? It's like an instrumental. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, you, when I say wedding song, like when the wedding party's oh, walking yeah, yeah, in yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Absolutely. That, that's no kind of one of those. The one Eagles, those. Best of My Love, another Boom. nauseating <laughs> Eagles song. Uh, have you ever been mellowed by Olivia Newton-John? Who would have imagined? Oh, my favorite Doobie Brothers song ever. 1975, number one. Debuted me, March fifteenth. Let, let me get. Let me guess. Your favorite. My favorite Doobie Brothers song ever. All right. Now I'm not a big Doobie Brothers fan. I mean, I had the greatest hits, and I've worn that out. And I've seen them live a couple of times because they opened up for Steve Miller. Sure. Not a huge. I, I saw I that. Can't go I saw that, that same deep. show like four different times, and it was the same set list. Both acts played every time. Right. I was starting yeah, to predict they, the song. They did it for a couple of years yeah, in a row, right. right? That was the first show I saw That was in the mid-90s. Yeah. When it, I was at Penn, when right, I was 16. Exactly. I pictured I think Camden. we talked that we were both at that show, but with different groups of people. We didn't sure. We didn't know each other, but we were both at that show. Right. It was before we knew each other, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I pictured Camden, 12-pack of Corona, Steve Miller, Doobie Brothers. Uh, but I'll say, so I don't go very deep with them, but what was their best, their best song is it Long Train Running? I love that. It's number two. It's my second favorite Doobie Brothers oh, song. Oh, no, it's the one. What's the one? That t- t- take me in your arms. Rock me, rock me a little while. No, it's not that one. No? No, no. This is one of these. Oh, Black Water? Oh, Black Water. Black Water, 1975, Black Water. March 15th. Yeah, that, that, you know, that's a great song. If you have a friend that plays acoustic guitar. Sure. That, yeah, I have a friend that plays acoustic guitar, and that is part, a great. When that builds up after the little intro, and then the drums kick in, it's like, if it rains, I don't care. Don't, don't that make, make no, no difference. difference. That's the best. Yeah, the end of that is great. With oh, the clapping here's and some the, funky dicks. Yeah. All right, it's the Doobies. China Grove. Grove is yeah, kind of a rock song. That's okay. Yeah. But those are all, you know, Long Train Running I like. That's my second. I think that movie, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, just absolutely killed yeah, Michael that Yeah, but that was, that, was the, that was later Doobie Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Once Michael McDonald joined the band, that was sort of their yeah, I don't even think the Doobies put their name on that. 80s, I think that song nah. is Michael McDonald. Yeah. Like, I don't even think the Yamo Doobies. Yamo Be There. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I there. hear Yamo Be There one more time, Yamo <laughs> going to blow my head off. Yeah, I like that. Um, so you got, uh, I'm not even going to talk about the Frankie Valley song, Lady Marmalade, Patty LaBelle. Nah, not, not feeling it. Uh, loving you. Loving you. You know that one? <laughs> no, oh, no, that's, that one. That's rough. Oh, how about this? For two weeks, April 12th, the debut, Elton John's second number one song, Philadelphia Freedom. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, God. So far, that's the best one. Right. B.J. Thomas with, uh... B.J. Oh, Thomas. I'm just joking. Um, 
What's Tony, the PJ Thomas song? Though? I, I, I can picture uh, another somebody done somebody wrong song. He's got a bigger song than that. Yeah, guy. he does. I can't think of what it is. Let's see. Does he do that uh, Uga Chaka song? That's not him, right? No, I I think uh, he did raindrops keep falling on oh, my head. Oh, that's and it. Then... From the from the movie with uh, Robert Redford, Butch right. Cassidy, and the Sundance Kid. And he also did the song Hooked on a Feeling. That that's the Uga that's, Chaka yeah, song. Uga okay, Chaka. so he did do that. Uga. Yeah, that's right. a good one. Uh, All over B.J. Thomas this week. So you want to know which one was on? Uh, okay, so now there's a group that I love, and then there's a definitive, the number one song of 1975. Okay. okay because it had it's in yellow, and it had the longest block of number one for okay. that year. So the ones that I really like before that, Shining Star, Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's a great song. Great song. Uh, Thank God I'm a Country Boy, John uh, Denver. That's a great song. Sister Golden Hair, America. Okay. And then somehow... Those got pushed aside for a four-week reign of Captain Tennille's classic. Oh, love it. Love Will Keep Us Together. Yeah, great song. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you got The Hustle. Van oh, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not the bad. Hustle. I don't really play that song, but it's, it's not BG's, bad. BG's two weeks later in August, Jive Talking. Love Jive Talking. And then the greatest, where were we, in New Orleans when Casey and the Sunshine Band we saw that like video. Oh, we were in that Newark, uh, Newark airport, yeah. and they had like some. They called it a hotel room, but uh, it wasn't. <laughs> it, it was like a a a rental for hookers and <laughs> and prominent Asian business people to put it this way. I didn't even go down to the lobby for a beer. No, we were frightened <laughs> that's off, that's frightened not... off by the client. I went right to bar bed. lobby. Right, it was it was terrifying. I so. put on my headphones and closed my eyes and tried to fall asleep. But we woke up to Casey and the Sunshine, Sunshine Band. Right, so get down tonight. Had two different runs at number one. You had August thirtieth run, and then he came all the way back with November twenty second. That's the way I like it. Wow. So that was the year of Casey and the Sunshine. Forty three years later, that's he's still, still touring. That's the greatest. And these dancers are ancient, and you know, like he got suckered into marrying one of them, and he, you know, oh, just half the people in the audience got walkers when they're <laughs> so. There's there's our trip down memory lane. Three years before either of us were born, and uh, so that brings us to the seventy fifth podcast, the Quizzo Trivia Podcast, and Nick and. I are going to go through some uh, trivia questions that will be on the upcoming QuizzoTrivia.com game played at bars across the United States. Nick, I'm going to ask you this question. What mascot has been used by both Duracell in Europe and Energizer in North America? The bunny? The pink bunny. This is crazy. So wait, Duracell? Duracell. So here's what's funny. I got into a conversation with somebody about, and I used the, you know, it's like the, oh, Energizer pink bunny. And she's like, you mean the Duracell pink bunny? And I was like, the Duracell, the pink, Duracell bunny. pink Bunny. She's How did like, they get away with that? She goes, uh, oh, yeah, I grew up, there was the Duracell Pink Bunny. And I, I think she's like, messing with you. Did you Did you I check w- this? I went and looked it up. Duracell had the Pink Bunny as their uh, spokesperson in Europe and didn't renew the copyright in the United States. So Energizer, Energizer just seized grabbed on it? it the day it went up and they forgot to renew it. Wow. Snagged the campaign, and then literally within a week, you were looking at mirror ads. I hope the guy that made that move is the president of the company now, because that is such a baller move to just rob. Because it's not like not everybody knows the Energizer Bunny. It's one of the best ad campaigns in history. I give you like when the you think Duracell, of going and going and going, you think of the Energizer the, Bunny. I give you the Duracell European Pink Bunny. 
That is one creepy ass looking bunny from T- a distance. Energizer crushed it. <laughs> it crushed it. That. it <laughs> wasn't even close. That thing wearing flip flops, just <laughs> yeah. banging a drum, that and thing, going and yeah, going right, and that, going. Right, it had glasses on, so yeah. it was too cool yeah, to even yeah. look at you. This one yeah. is like staring your yeah, soul it's down. Creepy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Energizer did it right. So yeah, it's amazing. You grow up in Europe and you associate Duracell with the pink bunny, and you grow up in America, you associate ah, Energizer. Great. I'm glad you liked it. What do you got for me? All right, speaking of Mandy. Oh, Mandy. Speaking of Mandy, I still have my Barry Manilow uh, chip somewhere here from the... <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I've got a, I've got a, a 20... Chip. Yeah, I've got a $25 Hilton Las Vegas chip that has Barry Manilow on it. I've kept it as a good luck charm for a number of years in my drawer. <laughs> so, uh, Barry Manilow's song, Copacabana. Is named Copa. after a nightclub yes. in what city? New York City. Yes. I have passed the Copacabana many a time. Okay. So I, did, I wasn't it's aware It's right by the... the Javits Center. It's across the street from the Javits Center. In fact, I'll tell you something else, Nick. Leaving Madison Square Garden Where's all Largo? the time as a kid. Oh, Largo <laughs> in uh, Beverly Hills? Is that where is that? Yeah, where that Largo's is? in California. Okay. I think go to Largo. <laughs> Largo. Everybody likes to play in Largo. Uh, yeah, it's just like a chic little uh, music place. Oh, uh, he's cool. He hangs at Largo. He, he's cool. He hangs at Largo. So, yeah, so the route out of town on the GW Bridge, leaving Madison Square Garden, because my dad didn't take tunnels, so yeah. we had to take the GW Bridge home, which is fine, because you're actually closer on 80 to where I lived anyway, so it really wasn't that big a deal. Um, you, you basically left Madison Square Garden. As long as Governor Christie's not redirecting traffic. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Eh, let him sit. Um, <clears throat> the way out past the Copacabana every single time. Okay. So I, so you I, know it. yeah, I knew exactly where it was, and it's still there. I wasn't. I'm was thinking the Copacabana was in Br- uh, Rio. Brazil. Yeah, right, exactly. I thought it was, it was in the Rio. Copacabana Beach, but yeah. the club was named after the beach. So all the times that I've heard that song and listened to those lyrics, I thought that whole story, story took place no. in South America. Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. Yeah, that's great. she's down in uh, well, Rio. 75 was Barry Manilow's year, so I like how you brought that all in because he <laughs> had two two different songs out there. So There you go. All right. I like it. All right. Six, 16, or 26. What is the percentage of the world's population over six foot two? Six. Six percent. Yes. That makes me feel better. 94% of the world's population is under six foot two. It's very rare. Right. Well- what was the last time you met an Asian dude that was six foot two? Yao Ming. Right. I met one. I've seen, I've seen <laughs> exactly. one in my whole life. And half the world's population is Lin. Is is is, uh, is Lin? Jeremy Lin. Is he over six? Foot? Yeah, yeah. I guess okay. he's got to be right. Right. You yeah. would think. I think it's six five, something like that. Yeah, but, but no, nah, it's it's very rare. So, right. but that's I think worldwide that's very interesting that less than six percent is over six foot two. So short people of the world. That Randy Newman is uh, alienated over the course of time. Unite. We're the majority. You're the majority, not the minority. Uh, what former Trump aide has the same name as a character from the TV series Webster? Oh, Papadopoulos. <laughs> first name? Yeah. Uh, first name? George, George, George Papadopoulos. George, Mr. Papadopoulos. Mr. Papadopoulos. I, I saw a thing like, George Papadopoulos George is going to prison oh, for two weeks. And I'm oh, like, no. what, Alex Karras? <laughs> what happened? Webster? What about ma'am? Is she holding <laughs> on the fort? <laughs> going for a month. <laughs> I love how like they threw him in like a little uh, bread elevator. He used to get like yes, between yes, floors in like yeah, a chef elevator. Like, yeah, he was so way. small. That's not safe at all. Is that called a dumbwaiter? Right, whatever it is, but let's trap Webster 
in a death in a death sentence if that thing fails. You know uh, what I mean? So you know the house like my family grew up on Oxford Avenue, the three story yeah. house uh, in Ventnor. Sure. So we used to have a laundry drop like from the third floor where you just put your and from the second floor where you just put your clothes in. And it would go from like the third floor the all the way down to the basement. Right, to the basement. It's the greatest. Same thing with the second floor. And the Same first thing floor. with the mountain house. Mountain house had a laundry chute from the master bedroom down to the laundry room. Okay, so it had a big hole in the thing that you could but easily. Like, Webster in. was of the time of this, right? So, like as a kid, I'm yeah. like, can I get from floor to floor? Oh, you, you certainly <laughs> thought about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Can I can just crawl I, down I, the I can, laundry chute. I, I, I mean, it's. I fast. remember my uncle like catching me in there once. Right. If like, I if I just put a like mattress at the far <laughs> bottom and slide, can how we hard hook can a it rope be? to this? And we can... <laughs> can I climb down? That, uh, George that's a cool. That was a cool feature. Alex Karras was a football player too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So, because I remember Butkus. Do you remember what show Dick Butkus was on? Dick Buckus. Yeah, Dick Buckus was a guest star, or was a co-star on a on a major '80s uh, sitcom. Man, I can picture it, but it's not ringing a bell. It's called My Two Dads. Okay, you remember My Two Dads? He played like a bartender. Okay, and like it was a girl. And, I remember uh, it. she had a, she was raised by a single mom who never told her who her dad was. Okay, and when the mom died. She left custody to two guys that she had both dated in the past but wouldn't say which one was the actual dad. Okay. So I think that was Paul Reiser. I think that was Paul what Reiser. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost positive Paul Reiser's first show was My Two Dads. Yep. And he worked behind – I can picture Buck is behind the bar now. But I never would have gotten, gotten that. Oh, yeah. He's definitely – there you go. Paul Reiser, My Two Dads. Who's the other dad? I don't know what his name was, but he didn't do anything else. Let's see. So those were straight Greg dudes Evigan. in that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And that was sort of the premise of the whole thing is they moved in together to take care of this kid. They didn't ever know each other. They okay. weren't even friends. Gotcha. But one of them was like this super conservative. Could you imagine if some ex-girlfriend of yours couple. left you a kid with another guy and now you're going to move in together? <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I mean, I'll take the kid. Well, no. It's, 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 <laughs> I'm not it's, moving it's, it's in. A, it's a ridiculous it's straight, situation. Straight, I'm not moving in with Paul Reiser. Right, and the funny thing is, like Paul, Re it was the odd couple, right? The premise is Paul Reiser and this guy are the exact opposite, like types of people. One guy is a playboy so artist, you know, creative, and the other guy was super straight laced, financial, you know, New right. York, whatever gotcha. else. So it was good, you know. In the eighties, you could get away with anything on TV. That There's seems nothing to like watch. Ridiculous. <laughs> There's nothing so, to watch. Yeah, I didn't whatever. even plan on writing a my two dads question, but trust me, folks, it's coming. <laughs> so I don't know when, but there will be a little bit of my two dads in the in the upcoming quizzes. That's how it works. All right, what else you got? Yeah, I like when trivia is born organically from this show. Yeah, yeah, that's great. All right, Tour False, a town in Georgia is reinstating paddling as a form of punishment for students. Oh, gotta be true. Why would gotta you be, be true. why would you be asking that if if it wasn't? Where would you come up Can with that? Can you wrap your head around that no, for a I second? Can't. They're gonna they're gonna start paddling kids again in Georgia. As as punishment for yeah. like under eighteen years old as a punishment, you're gonna get paddled? In school. For students. Like if you misbehave in school, they are they've sent home release forms to parents to let them know that they are reinstating paddling. That's got to be in a illegal. town in in Georgia. That's got to be illegal. That's, what, that's what, but you're gonna you're gonna stick with true. Yeah, it is true. It's true. <laughs> I, mean, I can't make you, this stuff up. How would you come up with that if that wasn't true? You got to know that. I mean, folks. If it's something so like, offensive I mean, and outrageous, we, Adrian Peterson lost a year of his career. I, I'm going to tell you. This. I'm going to tell you what. Well, I guess he. Came I'm going to tell you what. There is not a single case where that's going to happen. That is never going to happen. 
I will bet you before a single kid. You don't think kid, a single kid gets paddled? I don't think a single kid gets paddled. They got to shut. I shut think if there's down. a kid that gets paddled, he's going to be a very, very wealthy little boy. <laughs> well, how could we, how could they have gotten to the girl. point already where they've it, stated about this. this? I mean, it's been reinstated. Yeah, I know it's been reinstated, but it's going to be, they're going to get sued immediately and they're not going to fight the lawsuit and they're going to lose the lawsuit because you cannot abuse a child. <laughs> Physically. You can't paddle a student? No. I didn't think so. No. You can't do that to anybody, for, especially just, for, for just, school. Just tell you what I read. Right. We're not allowed to do that to and this was not in the Weekly World News. Murder. I mean, this is in a... Uh... We don't have paddling for murderers. We don't, <laughs> we don't... You can't paddle a murderer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that murderer could sue you for abuse inside a prison. We have, you know, we could put you to death. But we got to do it through a, you know, yeah, whole process. For, for horsing around in second grade, we're going to paddle? Paddle you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's uh, that seems like a, a current administration policy. I mean, that they imagine might like I could tell my daughter about this story and like, wow, like where in the world does this happen? And it's like, oh, oh no, in it happens Georgia. in the United States. Yeah, it's in Georgia. Yeah, so you're lucky. Um, who wrote the 13 part television series Cosmos: A Personal Voyage? I'm guessing it was uh, Carl Sagan. Yes, yes, it was. Oh. <laughs> what do you what do you say, Carl Sagan? Puppet? I say I wrote that. Yeah. Was he a pothead? Oh yeah, huge pothead. Yeah. Absolutely, he was in my uh, 420 round. That recently, I didn't know he was a pothead. I didn't know he was a pothead. Huge pothead, okay. and, and he was an unabashed pothead. He was openly calling for everybody to use it and the whole nine yards. I was so angry because uh, you know my daughter just got a telescope for her birthday back in August, right? So I was going to watch the the new Cosmos that Neil deGrasse Tyson sure. did. I was going to watch it with her. We watched like the first. 15 minutes of the first episode. Right. Next time I go back to Netflix, it's gone. Oh. Come on. That just happened with me in a Nickelodeon show called Bella and the Bulldogs. I mean, you got to just leave that stuff on there. Like, I mean, once be... you put it on there. It's, it's, there's nothing more annoying so, than that. So now I'm like furious. I have no way to watch this. Well, I bet you. Here's the it's thing. Here's the trick. Age. Here's the trick. Just... I'll, I'll tell you. If it's pulled off one show, it's usually because a different competing group bought it. So it's probably on Amazon Video or Hulu. All right, because I Googled the show to see if it said where it was, and the only thing I could find was how it was like taken off of Netflix. Netflix and then I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about how he's got a new thing coming out. Oh, I could so find they might it for you. Pulled... I could get it for you. Right. I'm not saying how, folks. I don't know how to get it for you. I'm just saying it's probably able to be gotten. And I think you could go to your local library and rent the DVDs for it. So that's an option. Oh, okay. That, they that... still got those? Yeah. I thought they took all them down. No, there's a, there's a <laughs> thriving library DVD mark. Didn't we have a question about the more people go to – there's more libraries than Starbucks yes. recently? So, yeah, they're still there. Which I was actually good. in the library a couple weeks ago with the kids. Yeah, no, libraries are great. It's, it's, I think it's a re uh, – you could rediscover. Yeah, I've hit the age with my kids where I can't read the same book that I read to them when they were like two every night. No. Like now I need variety. You need new stuff. And, right. See, the cost of these books is like fifteen dollars for a kids <laughs> yeah, book. Oh yeah, my god! I'll start going to the library. Library, it's free <laughs> and it's my right. I'm paying taxes. <laughs> I will use your books. Um, all right, let's move on to sports. You got one more general knowledge? Or you want to just go give me your first sports question? We've we just did thirty something. Oh, what NFL team had their best start since two thousand four? What NFL team had their best start since two thousand four? I mean. There's a lot of teams that had a great start. The Jets, you know, the Ravens. Uh, right, but the Jets you... have started 1-0 and since 2004. Oh, the Cleveland Browns at 0-1? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
They didn't lose in week one for the first time. Credit to Trey Wingo because Trey Wingo had the line, which is the Cleveland Browns not winning to end their losing streak is the most Cleveland thing ever. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it really is. is. There's nothing better and, than that. Uh, I hope people that are fans were watching that game as it unfolded because it was just it was amazing. the most Browns It thing. was amazing. It was such a... Yeah, it was such a crap show. I mean, it was really. That might just be the amazing. best week one game. Oh, I thought the they Packers, were going to lose twelve different Bears. times in that game. On, it, it, it's it's, so it's oh, it was so funny. But it's funny that out of all that, and they still didn't get the win. But they're, fa- I guarantee you, that's like their grandparents are going to be talking to the kids. Yeah. Oh, I remember after the Browns only won to one in the thirty six, they tied them Steelers they on that won opening a game day. Game in over six hundred days. Oh yeah. Just ridiculous, and I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Did anybody soon for him. think that field goal was going in at the end? Did anybody no. think there was never a point in when my they mind. called him back fifteen uh, yards like, for that block done. in the back? You're done, son. Like, He's it's, missing it. It's Zane Gonzalez, no oh, way. Oh my god, no thank and you. And by the way, that is the worst call in the history so of bad. officiating. Oh, it made me sick. You have the Browns down sick. to what the five, made and you're going to put them uh, ten something like that. Yeah, you're going to put them back fifteen. Keep the flag in your. Best Pot player on the field that day, uh, and you're going to like double. It's like double yards. zero in roulette. Somebody made a lot of money there for betting a tie, but you know the odds were probably what ten thousand to one. I forgot what the statistic was, but there wasn't an opening day tie since like the 1940s or something uh, crazy like that. Seventies, I think. 70s? Maybe forty years is what you heard. Yeah, oh, okay. I think it's been. Yeah, 70, forty years. That that seventies. That, that, that could be right. Um, Okay, so I have two uh, football questions. Actually, all my questions are football questions. That's the week for it, man. That's the week for it. So I'll start you off with uh, this one first since it just relates to what we said. True or false, there has not been a scoreless tie in the NFL in the Super Bowl era. True. True. That is correct. That was the date that I just accidentally gave you. The 1940s was the last scoreless tie in the NFL. It was a scoreless tie in the 40s. Yeah, it was like 1943 or something like that. Yeah, I didn't know that for sure. I answered quickly because I was pretty confident that that would have been something that would have been talked about at some point. The worst game, like the game that just set you back. Yeah, I mean, a, a million I, I years. think I remember. Was it what, did the Cardinals and the Seahawks tie recently? I want to even say last season. I think something it, like that. I want to yeah. say I had a five game parlay, and I had the the Cardinals. Minus one. <laughs> and I That's lost it tie. on a, like a 3-3 three, three tie to the Seahawks. I once, I once I, I'm not sure a... if that was the final score, but it was the night game. It was either Sunday night or Monday night, I think, and I had a five-game parlay. I went to a 6-3 game once. I saw the uh, the Jets play the Patriots last game of the season in the 80s, and the game ended 6-3. It was one of the worst games I've ever seen. They had this uh, kicker who got injured, so our punter was kicking field goals, and he was just shanking them all over the place. Oh, his, man. his name was uh, Louis Aguiar. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, sure, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> so, I was like, I just remember holding my head, like my hands in my head, like, why did I root for this team? Um, all right, you got... Uh, yeah, I got you here. Uh, who became the first Japanese woman to win a Grand Slam final? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, was her name Osaka? Yeah, you got okay, it. Okay, good. Naomi I, I Osaka. I, yeah, I didn't want to blow that, but no, clearly... I, I watched the controversy on un- uh, controversy unfold. So, what did you think, Serena? Uh, you know, I mean, I think that ref was a uh, was oh. wrong and whatever. But she's a baby. She's getting coached from the stands, which eh. 
you're not allowed to do. Eh, then I, she breaks her racket. I, I like, like her. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get on her for it. Whatever. But Osaka definitely got upset. When you're losing like that, that and you've won 24 Grand Slam know, finals, know, and know, a kid's winning their first, and, I know, I and know. you can't win, and then you're gonna do that. I know. I listen. I get it. I get it. I just don't want to upset the masses. I don't want to turn the hate on. Is there a the mass of people trivia. that are behind Serena's attitude? Uh, you know. Uh, being a poor sport like that? I don't Taking know. the limelight away from the kid that deserves she it? She apologized. Anyway, true or false, uh, there has not been... Uh, no, I already asked you that question. That's not going to help again. So what, if Cosby apologizes, we're going to let him out of prison? <laughs> I mean, come on. Are you are you really <laughs> comparing her complaining <laughs> about a tennis thing to a guy that raped over 60 women? I think it's really... I think her oh, behavior. Oh, really close. No, I think her behavior was awful. Honestly, for somebody who's been in the sport for that long, to cheat. Uh, I'm not a fan of what happened. Break a racket. I mean, come on. It's it's not great sportsmanship, but she is a very passionate athlete, and she's worked very hard to get back to that stage, and it means a lot to her to continue her legacy. And those are all the talking points that I have. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Who threw the pass to Nick Foles? Uh, that that Nick Foles caught for a touchdown in the play known as the Philly Special. Yeah, what's great about this is I would have had no idea the answer to that. I would have probably guessed Zach Ertz or something. But right. I heard this. Oh, Sunday night. Sure, Trey Burton. Trey Burton, who's now with oh, the Bears. Absolutely, so that's I why I a, asked it. I watched a few minutes of that Bears Packers game, <laughs> yeah, and somebody imagine. mentioned that uh, Trey Burton. There's Trey Burton who threw I the say, Philly. I, I should say I remember a few Philly minutes Philly. of that Packers game. What a game! That oh, was man. something else. Yeah, yeah. I would Large imagine just you come started. Back, fourth quarter. You started in one third. direction, got heavily into the drink at a certain point <laughs> in time, and then ended with "What did I just watch?" Yeah, I get you know either that or it was kind of. Yeah, I just I kind of I kind of know what it's like to be a Bears fan in that case because at no point did I have confidence in Mitchell uh, or Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I totally miss his name, Bitch Trubisky. Uh, would do anything for them. I was very surprised. Yeah, but the he way he looked start. in the first half. Yeah, it was like, oh, what did this? This gets like, a legitimate player. This guy. And then the second half came around. My name's like Bitchell. Third and one. He's rolling out. Just can't complete a pass. Can't run for the yard. No bueno. Yeah, yeah boy, did he look like Mark Sanchez his whole career in one game? Bill right? Bill Simmons start out like a house of fire. <laughs> Nailed then... it. Is it? They look like the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Patriots last year in the playoffs where they had 25 scripted plays, which they ran beautifully, and then ran out of stuff to do and just went run, run, pass, punt. Run, yep, run, run, pass, punt. punt. The whole run, way run, through. Run, run, pass, punt. Yep, and yep. then it just was like, okay, touchdown, okay, touchdown, okay, touchdown. But yeah, man, it was like whew, that first half. Oof. So do you know who created the Lambo Leap? I should know this, right? I, I The way I ask it is what Wisconsin tradition did this person help create? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the answer is the Lambo Leap, but I'm not going to – Give you that that easily. Wow. This guy is credited with the first person to start it. Jeez. Defensive back. I have two. Okay. All right. Well, that, that that's going to help. I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer, but he's like a Packer Hall of Famer. If that makes sense. Like, he would probably be in your team's Hall of Fame. What school did he go to? Leroy Butler? Leroy Butler! Woo! Florida State? Did he go to Florida State? Not that I... Not... Not that I remember, which you'd think I would know that. I love Florida State defensive backs. He was a hell of a player, Leroy Butler. Let's see, where did he go to school? Wow. Iowa? much older than I am of him. I'll guess Iowa. 
Oh, look at this. Butler played under head coach Bobby Bowden at Florida oh, State nice. University. He was a three-year starter, collecting 194 tackles and nine interceptions. Look at me. Where did he go in the draft? Leroy Butler was uh, round two, pick 48. Okay. 1990 NFL draft. Which, oh, wow. All right. If I'm not mistaken. 1990. So that. I'll say yeah. that's oh. before my time. I did oh. not follow the draft oh, I in 1990. Did. I did, because that was the year that the future god savior of the NFL came into the league from the University of Illinois as the number one overall pick who ended up being a flaming disaster, but that just wouldn't leave the league. He was a, a an absolute unmitigated disaster for I every He was the number team. one overall pick in 1990. Yep. Indianapolis Colts. Oh, Jeff George. Jeff George. Absolutely. University of Illinois. And guess who number two was? New York Jets. You should know because we've been talking about this very recently. Blair Thomas. Blair Thomas, <laughs> number two overall pick in the 1990 NFL. And you guys draft. wanted Jeff George so badly. Oh my God! It was all. <laughs> it was, like, it was all they were talking job. about. Because that guy had a cannon. Oh, the best arm you've ever seen in your life. I yeah. mean, it was Pat Mahomes' arm. It was Mahomes but, before, but moon. but he he had a 10 cent brain, and he was also like a nutcase. Uh, supposedly, he was a very unstable person. He probably hurt Favre stock. Because yeah. when people saw Favre's arm. Meanwhile, like, ah, so the Jets guy. drafted Blair Thomas. The guy that everybody said they should have drafted was a Hall of Famer, pick number five. He hated the fact that the Jets passed on him so much that whenever they played, he just made their life a living hell as a personal vendetta for them passing him. He's dead now. He's dead. Dead. Killed himself. Oh, Junior. Junior Seau, number five overall pick. San Diego Chargers from USC. Yep. Cortez Kennedy, number three pick. So we could have had him. Nah, Blair Thomas. Uh, oh, there was a great one. The Detroit Lions took their quarterback of the future, the first player to fit this crazy trend of the scrambling QB. Do you remember the player? Total bust. Andre Ware? Andre Ware. <laughs> what a shot out. Oh, that's awesome. Number seven all, Andre Ware. Richmond Webb. Stud left tackle for, like, 14 years in the NFL, taken number nine by the Dolphins. Like, good job, Jets. All right, well, now you don't have to do that to yourself anymore because you got Sammy Ballgame. Emmett Smith, pick number I, 17. I pick number three. Pick number 17, <laughs> Emmett Smith. Sorry, stop doing that to yourself. Everybody knew Blair Thomas was going to be a better running back than Emmett Smith. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> number 17 overall. Emmett, Emmett Smith, Smith only owned every Florida Gator record. Ever. But Blair Thomas, man. His name's Blair. He's got a female name. What could go wrong? All right, so since I'm on a Japanese kick here, and you got Osaka, I'll ask you, uh, what is the most home runs, or who has the most home runs by a Japanese-born rookie? Who hit the most home runs by a Japanese-born rookie? It's either Matsui or Ichiro. If it's anybody else, tell me, because I'm wrong. You're wrong. I don't know. Those are my only two guesses. Shohei Otani. I don't know who that is. The guy this year. The rookie oh. this year for the the Angels. The pitcher. Uh, the pitcher? Yeah, he's like a pitcher that hits. And he's got the most home runs he by He had 19 Jap home runs this year. It's a rookie Jeez, season. The most, wow. most home runs by a Japanese-born rookie. Tough, huh? <sighs> so, good for them. Angels have an interesting team. I think Mike Trout will sign with the Phillies when oh he becomes a free agent. Gosh, don't say it. Just don't. Just, just move don't. on. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think he'll stay in. 
California. Okay, sounds good to me. All right, let's do geography history. I don't have a lot, but I have a ton in entertainment, so I'll ask you my one question in geography history. Are we, we already done sports? Yeah. That's it? Gave you, gave you three. You gave me three. Got more? Throw them at me. I don't mind. Nah, so I, I have one geography history. Uh, this is just more relevant because it was week one, so let me just give you one more football question. Sure. You were talking about the Browns, how they had eight different starting quarterbacks that are now backups in the That's NFL. That's the best. Okay. What a great. How about this? I can name them all now. What team has had six different starting quarterbacks in their season opener the last six years? <laughs> what team has had six different starting quarterbacks? I mean, it could be the Browns also. Let, let me rephrase this. What team that made the playoffs last season? Ooh. That'll rich in the pot. Ooh. Wow. Team that made the playoffs last season. This... God, there's just so few possibilities for this. So few. Because you think of playoff teams, you think of stud quarterbacks that get you to the playoffs. You know, ironically, the the Vikings are the first it. one that comes to my head. Because, Isn't that hard to believe? As yeah, but good it, as the Vikings are, they But it had... really isn't because if you think back, you had Bridgewater's injury. Okay. You had Sam Bradford getting sure. traded for. This cousins year this you year. got Cousins. Um Keenum. Case Keenum. Uh, uh, going back even farther than that, I don't even know who they were anymore at that point. But, uh, you know, I know they were reasonable. I, I just don't remember what the – Tavares Jackson, does he – Wow, did he get an opening day start? I don't did know. Did they actually think that they were going to start the season with that guy? I doubt it. Yeah, I don't have them all in front of me, but oh, you did okay. a pretty good job walking backwards. But Well, you know what it is, is I, I know the playoff teams like the back of my hand from last year, and I know almost every quarterback situation in the league, and there's just nothing that would match Except up. Except for the Vikings. Yeah, start going down the list. Everybody that makes the playoffs usually has one stable guy that's been there basically forever. You know, like Seattle, you know, you, you could – Arizona was a thought, but they had Palmer for several years, so that wasn't – a possibility, and they haven't made the yeah, playoffs the Eagles six had years Wentz in a row. For right, two years. Wentz was brand new, and Foles ended the season, and you know, so I know it wasn't them. Um, so yeah, I mean, Minnesota was the only logical choice. I, I, that's a good list, though, who they are. Yeah, because I bet if we go six back, that's interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm trying to think of who the two are. You named four, but I'm trying to think back to who the other two could be. Well, that's why we have the internet, my friend. List of Minnesota Vikings starting quarterbacks. I used to own the domain JetsQB.com, and I was going to build this type of thing out there. So, oh, we forgot our old friend Christian Ponder. We forgot our oh. old friend Donovan McNabb. Wow. McNabb. Cousins, Keenum, Bradford, Bridgewater, Ponder, and McNabb. It's no, because the first game was started before Ponder started by Matt Castle. Oh, so it was Ponder, Castle, or Castle started the game? It was Ponder, then Castle, because Ponder wasn't... Uh, so who made the opening day start? In 12, it was Ponder. In 13, it was Castle. And then what about McNabb? Did he ever make an opening day start? I Yeah, I think in 11, before Ponder, it was McNabb. And before that, it was Favre. So is it going back further then? Or was there a year that they had two... My question is: It go back further than six years, or was there a year? No, because Ponder, Ponder I think Ponder might have made two start two years. No, 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 seven, eight. I think it goes back eight years. I think it goes back eight years. Wow! Because Favre started in two thousand ten, then McNabb, then Ponder, then uh, Castle, 
even though Ponder played a lot during the season. They started with Castle, huh. then Bridgewater, then Bradford, then Keenum, then Cousins. Wow. So we could even go deeper than six. Yep. Sean Hill. Remember him? <laughs> Barely. Kelly Holcomb. Brooks Bollinger. I love reading these names. Brooks Bollinger was a Jets draft pick, too. University of Wisconsin, number five. I think he started one game for us. How far you got to go back to get to Dante Culpepper? I mean, oh Jesus! All the way back to 2004. They had they had Brad Johnson and Tavares Jackson did start one season, 2007. Then wow. Gus Farratt. Do you ever see hear the story about Gus Farratt? You know about him? I mean, I know who he is, but I don't know about him. So Heath Schuler was the Redskins' number one draft pick at QB. I think he was the second quarterback taken. Um, and uh, Heath Schuler went to Tennessee, so he was even before. Yes, now I got it. Okay, so Heath Schuler was before Peyton Manning, right? So he was okay, the so stud like Tennessee quarterback, yeah, before Peyton Manning. And the debate that year, who's going to be the number one pick, was him or Rick Meyer from Notre Dame. Okay, oh, so like, yeah, all right, so like 92. Yeah, yeah, so I think Meyer okay. went one and Schuler went two or something in that range. And uh, uh, Gus Farratt, um, who went to Tulsa University, was an undrafted free agent. And he won the starting job over Heath Schuler. Yep. So, but sounds about right. But that's not where it gets even better, right? Because you'll never see that anymore. You know how he lost his the GM? Might as well just give his keys to the office on a table and walk out the door if he's going to take an undrafted free over, <laughs> over the quarterback <laughs> he drafted the in the first one. round. Right? Who, who was like the consensus? Yeah, you know, top yeah, guy. You got to was... roll with the guy. It was like RG three and Kirk Cousins a little bit. Where yeah. immediately Shanahan like Cousins better. It was like uh, this guy's like, a much what, better. What are you going to do? You just cube. traded your whole draft. Right, to get this guy, you got to play him. You got to play him. Yeah, so the best part was, you know how Farrat lost his job? No no idea. Okay. (laughs) Do you why? No, it's it's even stupider and better (laughs) than that. He threw a 50-yard touchdown pass, ran to go celebrate with the guy, and Uh, ended up headbutting against the padding, uh Okay, and gave himself a concussion and knocked himself out for weeks. And they said he was never even the same. Like, he hurt himself so bad, uh, he wasn't able tough. to concentrate, and he was eventually, he lost his job and relegated, and then he became a journeyman. But huh. that's... Sorry, Gus. <laughs> that's right up there with Henry Cotto once poking his ear with the Q-tip. Didn't Cormatica, like, get hurt celebrating, celebrating. The, uh, yeah, a field but, goal? But not Martine, the other one. The other Gramatica. Not the one that looked like the alien They both from, look uh... like the alien, like Kazoo. They both look like Kazoo. Absolutely. But there was two Grammaticas. There was Martine, and then there was the even more ridiculous wasn't Grammatica. The ta- wasn't Tampa the Martine one was Tampa? Yeah, I think Arizona was the other one. And it wasn't the, the it wasn't a Tampa field goal? Uh, no, I think it was the other Grammatica, but I'm going to find out for sure. Yeah, Bill Grammatica celebration failed. Oh, okay. Arizona. All right. I remember that better than I did. Yep. There's definitely Martine. It's funny how your mind could do tricks. Like, you could picture... A Grammatica doing that. I could picture that. the kid doing it like in Tampa Bay Different because grammatica. I knew it was a Grammatica, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah funny it, how it was his little brother. Funny how you're All right, let's uh, move on to some geography history. What famous San Francisco street is known for its multiple crooked intersections? Lombard? Lombard Street. Yeah, been yes. down Lombard Street. Yeah, me too. I have too. That was uh, literally the only geography history question I had for you this week. <laughs> So you're going to have to throw a couple at me because we spent so long on sports. I just really didn't have anything else to get to. Uh, okay. I got a lot. I can, I can do a lot here if you want. Let's start with. 
Also, I want to say be safe to everybody that's in North how many Carolina. Of, Get uh, out. How many of Joe Kennedy's sons went to Harvard? All of them. <laughs> I need a number. Three? Four. Four. Who was the fourth? I got Joe. Oh, Joe Jr.? Yep. I don't know anything about that guy. He died in the war. Oh, uh-huh. well, that's why I don't know anything about that guy. Yep. That makes sense to me. He was supposed to be the John. Yeah, he was the, the hopes and dreams <laughs> yes. of the family. Sure. Yeah, wow. But they all went to Harvard. Uh, let me try to get you something a little more. That was pretty good. Of a talking point. You want to tell me the... Oh, here's a two for ten, all three for twenty. Woo. That's a good one. What three U.S. cities have U.S. presidents been assassinated in? So U.S. presidents have been assassinated in three different cities. Two for ten, all three for twenty. Dallas, Texas. All right, I'd say that's the easiest. Kennedy. It's the first one you could think of. Sure. So. I know you've been there. And William McKinley was shot and assassinated, wasn't he? Yeah, I would say he's the toughest. Buffalo. You got it. All right. I so knew you that. You already got the two, and then I remember that happening. Yeah. Um, yep. That guy's name is the hardest name to pronounce ever. The guy who assassinated. Oh yeah, I was going to say William McKinley. No, Leon, and it's like C Z. Yeah, whatever. No wonder he's angry. Pissed off too. He yelled something crazy or something. Too, I forgot like the whole story there, but uh, didn't Roosevelt become president? Yes, because yes, yeah, of McKinley's assassination, That's and exactly then right. um, Ford's Theater. Where's Ford's Theater? Um, it's not in D.C. It's in uh, Virginia, or is it in D.C.? It's in D.C. Oh, okay, I didn't know if it was in D.C. Two presidents have not. been assassinated in D.C. and then Coolidge. Oh, okay, so there's four. There's four total. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Two gotcha, in. Gotcha. Two in D.C., one in <laughs> so Buffalo. So Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo's definitely the hardest. That's like an arbitrary thing. It's funny because I picture him speaking right at, like, Niagara Falls and then just going down, um, even though that's not at all how it happened, I'm sure. Uh, you want more? Uh, do I have anything else I can give you? Anything else? Tell me what country had the most visitors in 2017. What country had the most visitors in 2017? Now, this is a consistent thing year after year. It's this, it's, so it's not. Is that, it per capita or total? Just total, total number visitors. of people that came into that country. Yeah, so foreigners that came f- to visit, total number. And it's not the United States of America? No, because if you think about it, it's pretty hard to get here, right? You know, unless you're Canadian or, or you know, Mexico's having a hard time getting France? over France? Yes. France gets the most annual visitors. I nice, knew they nice were. Guess. I knew they were right in that mix. I just didn't know that their numbers could. Well, I think people from all over Europe probably travel. Sure, there. and I know it's a huge destination for Asians also <laughs> traveling to France. Like if you go, if you ever look at like the streets of Paris. Oh yeah, <laughs> around it's like a lot of Asian. Yeah, did they start there, like looking. no turbans and stuff now, or yeah. did they do that because there was they're having a big problem with once they had a I don't couple think of those attacks. Have anything to do with each other? But that's okay. Well, I'm saying a lot of Muslims are living in... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, there's a huge Muslim population in, growing in, 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 in France. France, for sure. Uh, did, did you ever see the statue of Don't the... do Muslims live in Asia? Yeah, sure. that's Asia. Yeah, okay. well, Indonesia is more Muslims than any other country in the world. Oh, yeah, that's why you said that has nothing to do with... Because you just said eight, there's a ton of Asians in France. So that's why I was saying, yeah... Isn't there a uh, I'm saying the, the ban on burqas has nothing to do with visitors coming there. It has to do with uh, issues, social issues in specific areas of France of people moving there, not tourists. Visiting. All right. Okay. Uh, that's all I was saying. Um, 
But no, what what was interesting though about that is I was just recently looking at the replica of the Statue of Liberty. Have you ever seen that right on the Seine down the road from the Eiffel Tower? There's a 35 foot replica of the Statue of Liberty right yeah, in the middle of the river. Yeah, I guess I kind of yeah, you think I would have. It's awesome. that better, but it's, it's like on its own little island, but you could just walk up to it. So oh, okay. It's, it's I, I definitely want to go see that when I go. Yeah, to I've France. Been, been there twice and I don't remember it. So. <laughs> I'm not sure. I feel like I've been there because I've Googled Earth all around all the different neighborhoods, and to me, that's good enough. I could sit comfortably here. When they get virtual reality, and I could just put on a a a mask, and I'm in France, I'm good. That's how I'll visit all of Asia. Just go to Vegas; they got a nice Statue of Liberty out there. There you go. That works. (laughs) New Um, York, New York. All right, let's move on to entertainment. Or do you got another geography history question? We're at at forty-eight minutes. I've got. I'm loaded with uh, entertainment. Yeah, let's let's move on then. Okay. So I'll start you off with this one. Um, I love asking questions that start with which Friends cast member. Okay. Because you have a limited supply and it's a pretty familiar show. Yeah, one in six. But every once in a while I get a question that is so transcendent on what I'm asking about. It has nothing to do with the show Friends, but the answer is one of them. So listen to this. Which Friends actor once beat up Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau as a kid? So it's like a three-part trivia question because you got to know which one of them was Canadian. a Canadian. Wow. How about that story? Can you imagine yeah, you beat great. the crap out of a kid? All right, so can we can we eliminate the girls on this one? It's yeah, one I, I did say actor, okay. so I, I so narrow it down even, even more. I'm going to say Matt LeBlanc. That's what I'm assuming everyone's going to guess. Canadian. It sounds like he's French-Canadian and Justin Trudeau and Matt LeBlanc getting in a fight sounds like... Okay, I can see Joey kicking. So it's Chandler. It's Chandler Bing. Matthew yeah. Perry, Canadian-born actor. Got it. He and a buddy beat the crap out of Justin Trudeau and his buddy, uh, and they bullied him, basically, in school. Wow. <laughs> so, how great is that? Can you imagine? And then the guy is the leader of the country. You wouldn't think people who rise to be the leader of the country got bullied as a kid, because it sort of takes a... Plus, his dad was the a- prime minister. That's what's even crazier. Justin Trudeau's father was the prime minister oh, at the time, so it's like you're either. beating up the president's kid. Yeah, you would think that you would just get like banned from well, right. Being like, able like, what to... do you think the consequences would be if somebody went after uh, what's what's that Trump's kid? Yeah, who's the young Melania's son? Oh yeah, it's like some pompous ass Baron Baron Trump, Baron von Trump, right? <laughs> but, what's the most pompous thing we could name? Right, this but kid? I'm sure if that kid goes to like some boarding Baron. school or something, whatever, like it's coming. <laughs> like Barron's getting taken to the woodshed. You out think back. so? Yeah, I don't know, man. When he's out of office, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think Barron's gonna. In, I'm be pretty in for a hard sure life. that uh, Donnie Trump Jr. was pretty popular in school. I have that on good authority. The stories were legendary yeah. about him. He was a drinker. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he, he liked the the. He drink. was a popular dude. I can't imagine why. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Is so, he the one that's getting divorced? Yeah. That's a shame. I always liked him. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe he's happier this way. Who knows? That's true. That's true. What do you got? I got so much. Okay. Uh, you want to fill me in on this one? Sure. What Bond villain inspired Dr. Evil? Dr. No. Nope. No, Dr. No. Dr. No. Uh, Goldfinger. Nope. No, and this is crazy because this same villain has been played by, like, Telly Savalas, Christoph Waltz. He's, I think there's been, like, five actors that have played this same villain. But we don't remember him because he's got, a, like, a terrible name, this Bond villain. 
Yeah, and he doesn't have a movie. I, I could picture. Him. I could picture Telly Savalas playing the yeah. guy with the patch in the suit. Yes, the gray suit. that's could, the that's the doctor. Evil... But I can't remember his. He has is, a bad name. Is there a doctor? Was there a doctor? No. Doctor No was the name of the first movie. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. that's good. I feel. But it wasn't Telly. Some he fine. wasn't in there. Okay. What is it? I don't remember. Blofeld. That's horrible. Isn't that a horrible name? Yeah. And that, and that Blofeld's been in like five or six Bond movies. Yeah, get a new name. You can keep the same theme. New name. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm not a fan of that at all. All right, true or false, Nick? There are more baby girls named Khaleesi in 2017 than Anna. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, mean, I know where you're going with this, but I'm going to stay with false. It's true. Oh, my God. No There way. were more Khaleesi's than Jane. There were more Khaleesi's than Anna in 2017. Oh, my God. Bro, there's thousands of kids that are going to grow up as Khaleesi. Didn't you tell me a story about some oh, yeah. woman who had in, a Khaleesi and didn't realize? Florida. I was in Florida. and uh, She doesn't watch the show? She had no idea what, it, what I was talking about. We were at the um, a Flamingo Park, and I was at the, uh, uh, the, not the souvenir stand, but the concession stand getting food. What the hell's a Flamingo right. Park? Uh, so in Florida, where my mom takes vacations, they have a park that has huge numbers of parrots that talk, and they have flamingos that walk around with people. And you can just walk around and feed them, and they just, they're not. They don't bite? They don't bite. They interact the whole nine yards. Uh, you buy this stuff. Brine shrimp or something I don't something know what like it, that? no, it was hard. It was like a, like a dog food pellet type oh, thing. Oh, you feed them like a biscuit. Yeah, you just like pour a little on the floor, and they'll eat right in front of you, but uh, they'll come up to you. Like, it, it's, it's like it's, when you're feeding sheep or something yeah, like that. I have, just a, that. I have a tremendous picture of myself uh, with a flamingo and Ava. I was going to say, I hope your daughter's there, too. There's no reason on earth a grown man should ever go to I have a tremendous it. picture of myself at the Flamingo Park. No. Uh, if you don't have a kid and you go to the I was waiting like the for Flamingo you to Park, say and my daughter, but it was there was a pause there. You just wanted to make sure you <laughs> yeah, you you were a little bit He's uh, coming through with this, right? He's going to say my kid was there too because otherwise that's just so incredibly awkward and I don't really know how I'm going to be able to finish this podcast with Thinking that. about you. At a flamingo, at a flamingo park, park for some strange taking, reason. Taking selfies. Yeah, I, I'm sure I have the video evidence of this uh, somewhere with this flamingo park. But uh, okay, so, sorry. Uh, oh, go ahead. So Khaleesi's there. Yeah. So the, no, the, 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 the Khaleesi's. I didn't. I never saw the I, the Khaleesi isn't who I found. I saw this very strange mother who was you know let's say somewhere around three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah, like not a not a small. So what? That's a Florida. What? It's a Florida eight. <laughs> Three fifty. Well, it's a Western Florida. Yeah, that's what eight. I meant. Where, where you're at in Florida? There you go. Oh yeah, look at that. So I mean, they're they're, uh, they're awesome. They're right there. Um, What's a flamingo cost? Could you did you walk out of there with one of them? Uh, no, that, you'd be like father of the year. <laughs> Getting a flamingo for I, mean, I know I'll tell for you, a the fact move, I've been asked for a flamingo. The before. movement of those things was astounding. Oh, the way I their just, legs bend the wrong way. Oh, the and whole, then they, and then they sleep I, like with like, one leg and like, then their heads is, buried. in This their is how bed. I know God has a sense animal. of humor. Was such seeing all of oh, you mean like this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> such a, how could that be comfortable? One, one leg, leg, neck twisted in a pretzel. Looking at my rear end. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I was fascinated. I just sat there and stared at this thing. Yeah, and I was just like, so wow. weird. I don't know what to do with it. Um, so anyway, she, uh, she's she got herself uh, whole bags of French fries and chips and this entire, you know, collection of stuff that she's just ordered from the stand. And all of a sudden, I hear her go, Khaleesi, Khaleesi, come here. Come here, help your mama. Khaleesi. And I was like, 
oh, your daughter's name's Khaleesi? She's like, yeah. I was like, uh, Game of Thrones. What? She goes, what? I'm like, the TV show, Game of Thrones. It's Amelia Clark's character, Khaleesi. She goes, my husband picked the name. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, <laughs> okay, lady. Well, your daughter is named after a fictional character. So how did that conversation go? I walked away. What do you want to call her? Khaleesi. That okay. sounds good. Yeah, I, I got the distinct impression this woman was happy to be invited to the party. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. It so like she found somebody to procreate with her, so good on her. Uh, she, she was taking the Khaleesi name. She was taking whatever name you could have. All right. What do you got? Entertainment. Tell me the first one with a rap song. The first film that had a rap song win the best original song Oscar. Eight Mile? Yeah, you got it. Lose Yourself. Yeah, I just did that. I just did Lose Yourself as a sound clip like the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Great song. That's funny. Oh, that's, that was really my only guess, <laughs> in all honesty. Well, I can't... do you remember there was a song by the 3-6 Mafia that won an Oscar? Because there was a great headline that was like, 3-6 Mafia won Oscar. Martin Scorsese, zero Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, all right, I'm glad we're on Academy Awards stuff because you gave me a beautiful transition here for this question. According to research done on Academy Awards speeches, what director has been thanked more than God? Hmm. How about that? So they analyzed every Academy wow. Awards speech, and this director has been thanked more great, times than God. Great, great question, great, great question. For sake of time, is this a guy from sort of before our time? No. Okay. Because if it was, I would be still wasting, out there. I'd be wasting our time. Still okay. out there doing work. So I feel like the guy that gets people in these winning roles is Scorsese a lot. So, but man, how could he be thanked more times than God? It just doesn't seem like that would be possible. Because he only makes a film every, you know, three or four years. Tarantino's in the same boat. Same boat. Um, who is just prolific? No one guy. needs to do that to Quentin Tarantino to inflate his ego any higher than it already is. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? well, because he's, he's the greatest movie maker. And I just think history? he likes himself quite a bit. Oh, he strikes dude, me as that, that kind of guy. That guy started off in a, in a video store. Yeah, I love I him. Mean, I love I, him. He's my favorite. He's got every he's reason literally, in the world. He's literally like my one of my top five favorite. If There's only a handful of people that I really want to meet and I would spend time speaking to and cared to like learn about at, on a personal level. Oh, yeah. He's one of them. And it gets, it gets exponentially less. Well, if somebody was like, somebody's like, do you want to meet Tom Cruise and like become friends with him? Like, absolutely not. I'd have nothing to say. I would just like to check out what what's doing because I think that guy is up to some weird Tom Cruise. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's like Like drinking the blood of children. Twenty minutes in his house without him home. Yeah, I read a I read an article (laughs) that I would like. I read an article about how like they they uh, scientists are saying like if you drink the blood of like young kids when you're older, it could like help you or something like that. That's the kind <laughs> that's of stuff. Tough. I assume ritual sacrifice is yeah. something that's in his <laughs> in his world. I don't know how. I'm not saying it's people. I'm just saying I don't want to know. All right. So I got a guy who's been at this award show for 43 years. He puts out tons of movies, produces stuff. I'm going Spielberg. It is Steven Spielberg. Nice. That's unbelievable. Which is, which is funny because he's, been he's Jewish more times, more times than God. God. 
Which, if wow. you think about, that's incredible because it's, it's almost everyone who wins anything, thanks God, sure, you know, that's the first, uh, sure. the first thing. But I, and, now, and you should. I mean, it's like, come yeah, on, you can look up the article. I mean, unless they, you're an atheist, you're thanking sh- God, right? Sure, they just so it looks good. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that isn't that incredible. I, I, sometimes I thank God when I hit the light. You know? Oh yeah! Oh, thank you, God. <laughs> sure, I'll get a weird piece of good news. Like I'll get fifteen extra minutes before I have to pick somebody up, and I'm like, thanking God. Thank God. I find a five dollar bill and tucked in my pants that wow. I didn't know was there. It's oh. just so hard to believe. How could? Yeah, they did an analysis of every single Oscar speech ever, and he was thanked more than God. That is amazing. That's not one year. That's a body of a lifetime of all Academy Award speeches. So. There you go. I still got three left. All right. So I'll keep peppering you here. I got one that's just a, the greatest, one of the best trivia questions I've ever uh, How discovered. many Latina actresses have won the Best Actress Oscar? How many Latina actresses have won the Best You wouldn't be asking Oscar? this if it was a high number, so I'm going to say zero. Zero. Yep. So, None. So None you. So who are we banking our hopes on? Rosie Perez or J Penelope Cruz? Penelope Penelope Cruz is legit. She could, Absolutely. Who, who did Frida Kahlo in, in the in that biopic? Selma Hayek? Selma Hayek. Yeah. She's definitely a contender. She's my best actress anytime she's oh, in something. I love her. Absolutely love Selma Desperado. Hayek. Desperado. She was actually great in Frida. That should have been something considered. That was a was Maybe a she was nominated. Movie. I'm not sure. I don't have it Possible. in front of me. Now, you, I, this was what brought this on. There's only been one Latino actor to win the best picture, uh, to win the best actor Oscar. But you'll ne- you will never get it. It's like Jose Ferreira in oh. 1950 God, no for Cyrano de Bergerac. Oh my! So that's God. They, so they are on. A, they are on the Latinos. The are Latinos on quite need, a run. The of, Latinos need to start getting up and be like, "Yo, me too!" Right over here. Well, they're, like, they're, they're come killing on. it like in the supporting ca- uh, categories. I think you know, Benicio del Toro. Sure, but what about the guy? Well, he may not even be Latino, but who didn't stand in the liver? Isn't there like a Latino actor that played the the teacher in that movie? That's not a black guy? No. Stand and deliver? Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. Let's see. No, it's definitely Latino, because that's Lou Diamond Phillips. Oh, okay. Gotta love Lou Diamond Phillips. I'm thinking of a different movie. Edward James Olmos. Okay. From uh, L.A. Law. Yeah. No. Battlestar Galactica. I don't know what he was in, but he's... Chips. Chips. There you go. He was born in Los Angeles. But he's definitely Latino. He was in Dexter. He's been in a bunch of stuff. Andy Garcia was in that movie. Yeah, Andy Garcia could have won for uh, When a Man Loves a Woman, right? Sure, or for uh, Godfather, Godfather 3. Three. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. We, came, we both came to that at the exact same time. <laughs> We're kidding, folks. We're kidding. Don't send us your Godfather 3 hate mails. All right, uh, the song Bittersweet Symphony by The Verb. A verb, not verb, by The Verve. Samples what band's 1965 song, The Last Time? Oh, man. I don't think I know this. Give it to me one more time. The song Bittersweet Symphony by The right. Verve. Yep. You know, I know it. It's the Nike a commercial. bittersweet. Yeah, it was the Nike commercial Symphony in 1996, 1997. You're a slave to money, then you die. Yeah. So The Verve samples what band's 1965 song, The Last Time? Now, I'll qualify oh, this. Oh, uh, the Stones? Rolling Stones. Absolutely. All right, all right. Guess who makes 100% of the royalties 
from the Verve song. <laughs> Mick and Keith. Mick and Keith. <laughs> they don't what. get a dime for the song. This is Mick so funny. don't miss a trick. Not only that, but how great is it that the actual lyrics are... So all that are Nike money? All to the Rolling Stones. <laughs> and the best part about it is... The song itself is, it's a bittersweet symphony that's life. You're a slave to money, then you die. And literally, they are. And the biggest hit of your career. That's the been, only thing that has made All it, going to Mick. All going to Mick Jagger. Because he needs it. Right. <laughs> I was like, that is a bittersweet symphony. I mean, really, that's. That is too funny. Yep. So there so you go. Two of the most. Because when I think of, like, so when we were talking about Ring of Fire and the hemorrhoid commercial. Sure. What is the song and product co- combination that you think of most when you think of a product using a song? Oh, that's an impossible question. Well, just the first, I mean, the, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, only because we were just talking about the Rolling Stones and Microsoft. Yeah, that's the one for me. Start it, me start up. Start me up Windows, with Windows 95. 95 because that, I know they paid a fortune uh, to get absolutely. the Stones to agree to let them do that. So they're making they're making Microsoft money. <laughs> they got Nike money. money. Uh, Mick, so, man, he's it, dead. It ain't best. a bittersweet symphony for, <laughs> for them. Those guys are all over Keith it. Keith Richards will curse them. Oh yeah, and the, and the best is what was the last it time you heard the last time? It's not like that song's ever played anywhere. The last time, yeah, yeah. I mean, why did you bother? Ah, oh, Jesus, just write your own. I didn't thing. even know it was part of it because when you asked me that question originally, I'm like, oh, I don't even, I don't know this. I can't believe I don't know this. Oh man, because I didn't even realize that was in there. That's a good one. All right, what do you got? I still have two more, and I got to ask them both before we end this. Okay. All right, let's go with this. Who? was the first African-American man to join the exclusive EGOT club, which is you win an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. So I ask wow. it again. Who was the first African-American man to join the exclusive EGOT club, winning an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony? What a great question. <sighs> I, I can't even think of somebody that would qualify for this. Um, you know, my gut tells me Denzel is the best actor ever, and he's done a lot of stuff, but I don't think he's ever. Well, he did sung. Broadway because he did Fences. Right, right, I knew that. I knew that, and I knew he, and I knew obviously he's won an Oscar. But I don't think he's much of a musician. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, unless he's got like a side project blues band I've never heard of or something like. Uh, like that incredible lead singer for uh, the owner of the New York Knicks who's got that blues band everyone is clamoring to hear because on its own merit, it's tremendous. <laughs> Nothing to do with the novelty of him owning the Knicks or him booking out the venues himself. So who am I missing here? Who's got that kind of that kind of pull? Um, I mean, like this John Legend act? Or you got like it. John Legend. Really? Yep. He just got an Emmy for producing a show. He's got the best song Oscar. Oscar, for I knew a movie. that. He did a play, got a Tony, and of course a multiple Grammy winner. As a legend, John Legend. You know what his real name is? It ain't John Legend. Is it John? Is it John? Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Is it John? I'm gonna say it's John. I'll go with John. Does he have a Jewish last name? No. It's just a very his real name is John. It's just like a very boring name. John Miller. John Stevens. 
John Stevens. Yeah, I, I like John Legend that's better. A great name. That's, that's a, what are you going to brand yourself? I'm just John Legend. Such a great name. Oh, to give genius. I, I feel bad that I didn't come up with it. Um, true or false? Olivia Wilde's real last name is Cockburn. I hope so. I'll go true. It is true. <laughs> Olivia Wilde is really Olivia Cockburn. <laughs> I'm sure she never got teased at all because of that last name. No, probably <laughs> not. Yeah, if her name is Cockburn, it's, we're going to give you, you permission. You know all funny? the Cockburns out there, go ahead. Change it. Dude. You could all be Wilds. You could by default change your last name to Wild. What's Wild funny is Cockburn. There's, there, there's a... There's a uh... The Wild Cockburn <laughs> Wedding. <laughs> there's a... Uh... There's a uh, a seafood place right Cockburns? in Summer's Point called Woodburns, <laughs> and I call it Cockburns, and it drives my wife crazy. Let's go to Cockburns. Like, go to, she's like, stop calling, stop calling it that. <laughs> it's not called that. <laughs> it's Woodburn. <laughs> yeah, I so, didn't realize Cockburns was an actual. Uh, yeah, I, full permission if your last name is Cockburn to change it. We we've given it to you. You could be Smith. You could be anything, but uh, you're Cockburn. So, all right, uh, I got one more, and then I'll uh, end it on my 30-pointer. See how many you get, my last entertainment question. Yeah, sure. Uh, what street artist directed the documentary Exit Through the Gift Shop? Banksy. Yeah. He's the only know. street artist I know, so if the answer wasn't him, I'm <laughs> It's a bad question, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know one street artist. No, it's good, because in the in the genre of That's what I'm saying, knowing, if, if you don't get right. Oh, if it's anyone other else, than it's Banksy. A bad, it's a, it's right, a bad if question. it's like, uh, no, it is Zach Niebuhr. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I only know Banksy is the only. Yeah. There, there's another street artist out there because somebody they're like, uh, yeah, you know that street artist that are like Banksy. And they're like, nah, nah. Uh, and I was like, nah, I'm out. I don't know him. <laughs> I literally, it's it's like if you ask a you know a certain type of golf question from a certain time, there's only three potential answers. <laughs> it's like either Jack or Arnold. Arnie or maybe Ben. Yeah. You know, like you occasionally get that outside one that just throws a little monkey wrench into the mix. That's same with hockey. You know, it's like if it's not Wayne Gretzky, it's Mario Lemieux or maybe Mark Messier or maybe Yarmir Yager or maybe Gordie Howe. Yeah, well, there's a golf question out there, and I'm not sure if Tiger broke this or not. I, I don't think he did, but it's possible that he did. But it was like, who holds the record for winning the most consecutive tournaments? And it's Byron Nelson. Yeah, and it's like if that—that's a terrible question because nobody is going to get is going to get. You'd that. have to throw a multiple choice. You throw like you know Jack Nicholas, Byron Which Nelson. It's I still really a bad question. Even, I don't even really do multiple choice unless I have to. All right, so here is my uh, my thirty pointer. Okay, all right. Three artists in history, Nick, have won the Album of the Year Grammy three times in their career. Wow, jeez. Give me any for ten points. All three for thirty. <sighs> Man, good one, right? Yeah, is when you say artists, does this include bands? Nope, it's all individual artists, no bands. That's what. That's what. So, I would have thought you two would have done it. I, I'm almost surprised that through the they're, they're such a Grammy favorite that was such something that came to mind. But all right, so an individual that has won a Best Album Grammy three times. All right. It's only happened three times, all right. and all I'm going to are... eliminate anybody recent. Oh, it's not. I mean. It's not Taylor Swift. Nope. It's not anybody recent. Nope. Okay. Mercifully. <laughs> it's right. a legendary so, list. It's, like it's... Bad Thriller. Was there a third? Okay. I'm going to hold off on him. 
I'm going to think Stevie Wonder. Stevie has Wonder is one of the three answers. You got your 10 points, got my Nick. 10 points. Playing Absolutely. with house money now. I think he won three in a row. Yeah, there, there was something I remember. There was a run in the 70s with, that was him yeah. because they just he puts mentioned out an that. album, you give it to him. Right. All right. Yeah, but he deserves it. Oh, yeah. Those albums were unbelievable. No, Absolutely, especially we were reading shit that they was were, going on in the 70s. They were John legendary. <laughs> yeah, we were Captain into Neil's. Elton John's covering the Beatles in 75. <laughs> oh. you know I mean? Stevie Wonder. Four weeks of Captain into Neil, top of the charts. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. All right. All right. Prince. I, I, mean, I mean, Prince, Madonna, Michael Jackson... If it's if the other two are neither and none of those ones, let's save some time. Yeah, it's none of them. All right, all right. So one was a member of a band, and he was famous first for that, but then did solo. Oh, not Sting. Nope. Oh, thankfully. Oh, I was about to throw you, up. You love this guy. You're. you're I love this guy. Yeah. He was a member of a duo, and then he went solo. Okay. All right. And he won three Grammys. Three Grammys, all solo. All solo. Yep. Oh, Paul Simon. Paul Simon. Absolutely. And and the last one. Never would have got that. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, that's why it's Especially just one the, for three. Well, Graceland was the best album of the decade, not just the year. Album. But I wouldn't have thought that there was two more. Yeah. Well, and yeah. most of his best stuff was. That, that duo was garbage. I mean, what, it was Simon Paul's, and Garfunkel? Yeah, it was Simon. It was Simon. <laughs> Paul it Simon. was just Garfunkel he, singing behind yeah, him. He was uh, nervous to go on stage by himself, so right, he so brought he his brought friend. Garfunkel. <laughs> Somebody's going to make the sandwiches. In the history. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. He's uh, like, I don't need you, Paul. Your songwriting's <laughs> overrated. I will have a career all by myself. Like uh, performing at Turning Stone Casino in the back bar. Please welcome Art Garfunkel. <laughs> I wouldn't even three go, people. If I was at the tables <laughs> yeah, at Turning Stone, I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk to wouldn't the back even, of the room. Nope, not at all. I wouldn't even listen to it if it was in my own bathroom. <laughs> uh, uh, so there's one guy left. One guy left who was legendary and was clearing away the head of his entire genre. So it's okay. You know, that's the. Is it a jazz clip. guy? Not a jazz guy, but definitely a generation. You know, older than Paul Simon and Stevie Wonder. None of this happened in the 70s. Okay. So it's not Herbie Hancock. Then. Nope. All right. Uh, but just, you know, one of the top five guys in music history. Gotcha. Like, there's no question. Gotcha. Gotcha. And also, in my opinion, one of the most liked by the most diverse group. Like, I know people who like this that you would never, you know, you, you could be into rap and you still like black this guy? guy. Nope. White guy. Really? Yep. We just mentioned him last week. Just mentioned him last week about uh, inappropriate marriages. <laughs> oh, old enough. blue eyes. Old blue eyes. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. What it's... a weird taste that Mia Farrow has. <laughs> <That's laughs> just... Hey, I won. There's no accounting hey, for her taste. Listen to you. I won three. Three album of the years. You hear me? You're going to marry me. Yeah, you think, he, I mean, you think he won him on his own merit? Or you think that... Somebody got a phone call. It the was best like, was, do you remember Phil Hartman? Frank's winning and, this year, guys. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, just so you know, <laughs> Frank's so you winning know. again this year. Just so you know. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Frank put win. an album out. Frank wins he's again. Win, he's winning. He's winning. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Did you ever hear, see Phil Hartman's uh, impression of Frank Sinatra? He did, like, the uh, the round table, the Frank Sinatra round table. It was an old I skit on recall. Saturday Night Live. It was genius. So, you know that... Uh, that Saturday or that Sunday morning news show that used to be on where it was like four people, the McLear report 
or something. No, I don't right. It was on, like, NBC on Sunday mornings, and it was a new show where they basically had this one guy who was the moderator and three different guests, and they would go around the issues. And like he would the do it. sports reporters on yeah, ESPN. Yeah, but he would do it. He was very news. abruptly. He's like, you know, uh, Bill Clinton wants to be president. What says you? And then they go to one person, he'd have a little soundbite and whatever. So they did a, a take on that on Saturday Night Live, except it was that report hosted by Frank Sinatra as played by Phil Hartman. Okay. It was absolutely genius. So one time they had, like, Sinead O'Connor, and he and he's like, Sinbad O'Connor. What do you say? <laughs> it was like, hey, Baldy, what's your opinion? And it was just him bashing everybody because he's, you know, famously a very, you know. Yeah. Uh, abrasive. Abrasive fellow. <laughs> so. All right, guys, that does it for episode 75 of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. For Nick, my name is Drew. We will see you episode 76. Mississippi, she's calling my name. Catfish, you're jumping that paddle wheel, bumping. Black water, keep rolling on fast, just the same. Oh, black water, keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? Oh, black water, keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? Oh, black water, keep on rolling. Mississippi moon, won't you keep on shining on me? Yeah, keep on shining your light. Gonna make everything great. Mama gonna make everything all right. And I ain't got no worries, cause I ain't in no
I like to hear some funky Dixie Land pretty mama. 